0: In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of hymns that have been written over the years by Christians since the Reformation. And a lot of hymns that might be familiar to people that are coming from non-Lutheran traditions into our church didn't make it into our Lutheran hymnal. Um, Sometimes not because they were bad, but because there's only one hymnal and we didn't want to have four or five volumes. We did manage to get over 600 crammed into our most recent iteration from 2006. And if you think that there's been 500 years since the Reformation, that average is a little more than a hymn a year. And we know that there were a lot more written each year since Martin Luther up till today. One of the many Protestant hymns that uh, people outside of our tradition have come to know and love, one of my grandmother's favorites was, I love to tell the story. If you know that hymn, you know that the chorus of the hymn is, I love to tell the story, to be my theme in glory, to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. And that's what we're talking about tonight, the evidence of God's love for us. If we're talking to somebody outside of our Christian tradition, as, as Emily just was uh, this afternoon, about what it means that God so loved the world in Christ that he gave his one and only son, where do we point them to? How do we see that love? Where is its evidence? One of the places that some churches think that they should point is to themselves. Look at our church, we're so kind, we're so considerate, we're so loving, we're such a wonderful place to be. Surely this is evidence of God's love among us. My very first congregation, as I went around visiting members, I would often ask them, how did you come to be connected to St. Mark's Lutheran Church? How how did you come to be a member here? What do you like most about it? And what surprised me is that the people that had left the church all said they left it because the people weren't very nice. And the people that had stayed all stayed because they thought the people were very nice. But the one answer I expected to get, I never got, which is that It's because it's the place where I hear that Jesus loves me. The reality is that discipleship amongst Christians fails. And even when it doesn't fail completely, it is at best inconsistent. All of you probably know people that have left the church because of the church. Pastors fail. Priests fail. And the people fail. So if we're pointing to the church as the demonstration of God's unfailing love, you can see where that could go very, very wrong. Back in the 1960s, there was a flourishing of new hymns in the Roman Catholic Church. And to mention one from that tradition that some of you might know by Father Peter Schultes, it's, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. And it Sounds at first like that's what the pastor is suggesting that, well, Christianity demonstrates the love of God because of how great Christians are. But if you listen more carefully to the words, as I did once when I was singing it, you realize he's saying something quite different. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity will one day be restored and they'll know we are Christians by our love. I think those sentences all go together because it's a prayer that perhaps someday we will, by the power of the Spirit, demonstrate Jesus's love amongst ourselves in such a perfect way that people will point to the body of Christ and say, there's the demonstration of God's love. But we're not quite there yet. We are still, as you might say, a work in progress. The other place that people point to as proof, evidence, that Jesus loves us is miracles. Supernatural action in the world. As a missionary working in Central and South America and having many colleagues who work in Africa, this is one of the fastest growing Christian movements around the world, usually going under the name Pentecostalism. Gifts of the Spirit, miracles, healings. Demonic deliverance, speaking in tongues. People point to those and say, where those things are happening, there we know that there's evidence that Jesus loves us. It's even happened here in Canada. Some of you might remember decades ago the Toronto Blessing, sometimes called the Airport Toronto Blessing. It was really, really big when I was at the University of Waterloo, which is only an hour away from Pearson. And what was happening was that there was a vineyard Christian church that was renting out a ballroom of a hotel next to the airport where the craziest things started happening. People were literally barking in the spirit, falling down dead, comatose in the spirit, speaking in tongues, except that nobody really knew what the tongues were. And this was finally evidence descending on little old Toronto in Canada, that Jesus really does love us. It was such a big thing that the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time, if I remember correctly, actually came to visit to see this thing that was happening. The problem with Pentecostalism is when it doesn't work, which is often. I was associate pastor at Memorial Lutheran Church in Houston, and we had a a woman and her family that joined our congregation. She was a, a nurse. She was working in one of the hospitals with a veteran who was uh really in bad shape uh had been brought back from the front and was in recovery at the hospital but his parents were members of a certain televangelist church and they managed to get the televangelist to come and visit and pray over this young man and he told the parents that his son their son would never get better unless they took him out of the hospital they had to trust jesus That Jesus was going to heal them. And if they really trusted Jesus, they would bring him home and he would get better. But he didn't. He ended up dying at home. To which, of course, the televangelist staff said, it's because you didn't believe enough. That's kind of a strange love that sometimes loves and sometimes doesn't. That is not to say that God doesn't heal. God does and can work great healing and deliverance and can even work supernaturally in the world, or at least outside of the way we see the world normally running. But if those are the kinds of things that we point to and say, aha, there's the ironclad, no fail proof of Jesus' love, then it's kind of shaky ground. And it comes and it goes. But most of you should know at this point, especially if you've been listening to me talk this week and even throughout the Lenten season, that the place where we go to see God's love is there. God's love is demonstrated absolutely and the most clearly at the cross. The very beginning of our Good Friday service, every year we either read responsibly or a reader reads all together the great servant song, the fourth servant song from the prophet Isaiah. We read it this evening. That was written 730 years before Jesus' crucifixion. It is so astonishing. That I read once that somebody went around an office in New York City handing this out and asked people if that passage was from the Old or the New Testament. And even the Jews that were given the passage says it's got to be the New Testament because it's clearly talking about Jesus. But there, even in Isaiah, written centuries before Jesus, is the path laid out for how God is going to love the world. By sending a servant who would be stricken and smitten and afflicted, who would bear the iniquities of his people, who by his stripes would heal us. To quote yet another gospel hymn, on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Kind of sums it up when paul took on the mandate of going out through the roman empire to proclaim this jewish messiah was in fact the savior of the world he chose his words very carefully because really when he went into a city like corinth it was as if he's walking into 21st century montreal these are people that don't know old testament history They don't know everything that's gone on before. They're kind of lukewarm on the idea of how many gods there might be and if there's one God at all. So when Paul walks into Corinth, he makes the decision that rather than confusing people by giving them evidence of God's love from here and there and everywhere, he focuses laser-like on the cross. I, when I came to you, brothers and sisters, he wrote... Did not come to you proclaiming the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Going to be focused, Paul says, because you've got to get the central and unique message. That it is in God delivering you from sin, death, and the power of the devil through the very most painful and horrible death you can imagine that God demonstrates his love. It's why in many of our churches, we don't just have empty crosses. Empty cross is kind of like an empty electric chair or an empty gallows. The empty cross is not what saves us. It's Jesus dying on that cross that saves us. The old rugged cross itself is not the sign of Jesus's love. It's the old rugged cross with the old man, Jesus, hanging from it that demonstrates God's love for his people. And since I've been quoting from so many other Protestant hymns, here's one more Lutheran one. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly here its guilt may estimate. That's the point of the crucifixion, that in those moments when we're tempted to think, well, sin's not that bad. Why can't God just wave a magic wand and make it go away? There's no magic wand big enough to simply get rid of sin and make it disappear. But there is a man who did it for us, who chose to take our iniquities into himself, and to atone for them once and for all, so that you and I who had been slaves to the devil and slaves to our own sin could hear the good news proclaimed to us that we are free. This is why we are the good news place and it's why today is not bad Friday or sad Friday. It's good Friday because God did this for our good and it is the evidence of his love. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.